1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Lang Up podcast. Uh, joined by someone that we've been wanting to have on for a while. Just recently got in touch, but uh, from ESPN, Mr. Scott Van Pelt, SVP. Uh, what's going on?
0: How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Busy time of year, playoffs, a major in May, which I like. And um, you know, I'm I'm good. I'm excited. I'm excited for this week guys. The page is a, is, an, is a monster, and I think it's going to be an awesome test.
1: I want to talk some golf stuff with you, and I want to talk some just sports stuff in general. But first question I had, is you had you had Max Homa as your as your one big thing last week on Sports Center. I was just curious, what about that story uh,
0: really caught your eye? Him, yeah. I mean, you, as you guys well know, obviously, um, the the beauty of of a guy's life being changed by having the the, the balls to say I'm going to keep betting on me and double down on me and believe. And a sport that not, that, that, that undercuts your belief, you know, at every turn. Like, against a really good field on a really good course. Like, to win any event, you know this, like, I don't care where you win. Like, it, it changes your life. But to beat that field on, on that course, I mean, that to me validates every single thing that, that Max could have hoped was true. And just, you know, like your guys' podcast. I mean, we played a portion of it on the show. Um, Just him, and I wanted to play more, but we only got so much time. Um, That's the beauty of the podcast, by the way. You're not, no constraints. Exactly. His message um, of just like the the bit about, you know, I'd lie to myself and say, today's the day. And and he just decided to keep working. And I, I I love moments where lives are changed in a positive way through no one's help but his own. Right. Like that, not to say that people didn't help him, not that to say he didn't have support, but ultimately he, uh, he knuckled up, he doubled down and he, and he did it. And no one gave him anything. That's, that's all earned. And that's, that's the beauty of the game when it, when it pays somebody back that way. So I just decided I wanted to do it. And it was cool because Max reached out and, you know, told me it meant a lot. And I I told him, Hey man, <laughs> Me talking about you is nothing. You winning should mean a lot. That that's what should matter. But it was it was nice to meet some to him and um it's it's fun when you can shine a light on a story like that nationally, um in in a way that, you know, the non golf channel viewer might have might have missed. Yeah,
1: I'm a sucker for any kind of uh comeback story or inspirational story and that his is like one of my favorites and to see him, you know, kind of kind of hear him talk about it well before that's what a lot of people didn't realize is that clip was from before he won. I mean, it talked about how hard he worked uh, to see him come back and win. But how does the, uh, so like the one big thing on your Sports Center show, how does, how does the, what's the genesis of it every day? Do you come up with the idea every time? Mm-hmm. Does somebody come to you with the idea? How does it come
0: together? Take me there. Um, it's, it's, a, it I mean, as you and I are speaking today on, on, you know, Wednesday afternoon, I don't know what tonight's is. Um, I, I spend my days kind of, with a line in the water or a net in the water so to speak to figure out what you what I might catch on a given day. Um, Max's story was I loved so I decided that Sunday night I wrote it for Monday. Um, last night's lottery uh, bit I wrote after the lottery came out and the were kind of close. So I just I'm very anti-tanking so I decided to write about that. Um, the teams that, that were the worst got you know third, fifth and sixth and good. I'm glad you shouldn't be rewarded um, in my opinion. Um, but like how does it come together? It's it's just I, we have a show staff and people with ideas. I have to see them, hey, this might be good for that. Maybe it's something off the beaten path. I wrote one about my daughter last week having a birthday, which I sometimes get personal. Um, I don't often do that, and I'm always hesitant. I think, yeah, I did, do I share this? This is really my life, and it's my child, and, and I hesitate. But then any time I come stuff like that, the, the 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 feedback you get is insane. I mean, Stanford Steve sent that the link out the next morning and like in two days it had you know, like a couple of million views on Twitter. And I did an interview with Steph Curry after what I thought was one of the great playoff performances I've ever seen. The guy scores thirty three in the second half and twenty three in the fourth. And I'm in the process of saying goodbye to him. And he's like, Hey, hey, I just want to tell you that that thing you did on your daughter, man, it was you know, it really hit home and meant so much and blah blah blah. And I'm thinking, well, right on, you know, it, it resonated with people. Um, and, and that, that segment has been a place where I've been personal. I talked about losing my dad there. Uh, I talked about my daughter there, but then I talked about Max Homer there. You know, I, I, the beauty of it is it's a place where I can kind of just stretch it out a little bit and talk about what's interesting to me on a given day. And I think writing is the most important thing anybody in media does because it teaches you how to get your thoughts together. Right. And, that's what I tried every day to do is to try to be coherent, try to be concise. That's not my strength, as I'm proving with this answer. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, it, that's, a, that's a space every day where I, I get a chance to, to try to flex those skills or try to refine those skills. And, and it's, it's a challenge because, you know, every day it's like, what today's one big thing? Um, as, of, as of this moment in time, I don't know what it's going to be at midnight, but the beauty is something always kind of presents itself.
1: Well, this one, this question I had for you is kind of a tough one to answer because I think I am asking you to brag on yourself a bit, but the way i always viewed you in your career is you seem to be, I think people's natural instinct is to see people on TV, hear them on radio, and in their defense, a lot of people are polarizing on purpose. I've never viewed you as polarizing, Mm -hmm. but I think people's instinct is to kind of punch back at authority or people that are talking to you and want to pick bones with you, and not to say that you don't have your fair share of haters, and I do want to talk about that later, but you're you're one of the more popular kind of media personalities in sports and so if I'm gonna ask you to brag on yourself what what do you credit that to like what would you say is kind of your reason for your success in
0: those lines? well, I appreciate you for understanding that me answering that's an impossibility it's like say like here's why people think I'm awesome um, and <laughs> but but here's what I'd say I think people have a real decent read on who I am because I don't feel like I'm real um, I'm real complicated i'm I if I say it, I mean it. I'm not the guy that's out there rooting and hollering just to do it. Uh, I'm authentic to me. Um, I'm. I'm not, if I say it, it's what I think. And I'm, I'm not afraid to let people know where I'm from and who I root for. And I think people appreciate that. They like to know you have some skin in the game. They like to know that you actually care about the stuff you cover. And so I think that's what connects with people, is that I, I, I'm just that guy that they feel like, they know and I'm their friend and that's the best compliment you can be paid is if you've allowed yourself to be accessible in that way and I've tried to i tried my, my my best so I mean I guess that's the best way I can describe it
1: No, that's kind of exactly I think you kind of touched on it in the answer previous to that one and not it just it, the, the what the word I had in mind was real like I feel like you just keep it real and you know you don't take yourself too seriously and but you're also you're not afraid to like get down in the mud. Like you have, I think, almost two million followers on Twitter, and I mm-hmm. still see you replying to people you know that are giving you crap. And I feel like a lot of people direct ESPN beef, any kind of ESPN beef, just right at you because I think they know you'll reply. Do you have, like a mindset on like who you reply to on Twitter or what topics you're willing to take on?
0: Not really. It's stupid. Look, I know it's dumb. Um, and we used to have a segment with Vassila. Like we would we would they'd go through and we'd do. Um you know, had like the voice guy to do like Scott Van Pelt's Twitter fights and you're like I, you hear him back and you're like, Jesus Christ Scott, what are you doing? <laughs> but I just I, I I like to say I'm a mirror and and, and I just reflect back what I get. Like the, the, the thing that that I where I would critique myself is lots and lots and lots of people say nice things. Right. you know, to your point about if people like me. But it's human nature, and it's the worst part of human nature to have your eyes drawn to the person that's that, you know, saying this or that, or you suck, and this, or, or your network sucks. And, and so I don't mind pushing back, particularly against the network stuff. It's, when I think it's fake, like, you know, if you're failing network, I'm like, get the fuck out of here. Like, what are you even talking about? <laughs> like, do, do you have any idea what you're saying? Like, are you, are you sitting around waiting for it to, 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 like, well, 29 and 30 on, on the cable box don't work anymore? Like, first of all, are you actively rooting for that? And B, do you really think it's happening? Because if you do have fun waiting for the end, you know? And so I just, I defend the place. Um, and I'll, and, and I'll engage in people. I, I'm happy to engage in the conversation about sports because that's the most fun thing to do. And when people, like, when people are willing to be reasonable, that's cool. But like, I did a thing on Izzo and um, and I, I backed Izzo and people like, you know, you're wrong. It's a terrible look. He's a bad man. It's abuse. And I'm like, well, I, I disagree. So I am willing to entertain that conversation. Um, and it's, why the why is the fascinating part because I don't know. Um, but I do want to be, I do want to be accessible to the degree, you like, don't follow anyone I and mean, you never engage. I don't know what the point is other than here's what I think about stuff. Well, all right, but here's what I think about stuff, and then you think this. All right, well, here, like, and 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 more times, more often than not, you find some common ground where we can agree to disagree, and then sometimes people just want to be that guy, and you're just trying to get your jokes off and get your screenshots. And I'm like, okay, I replied. Oh, I really touched a nerve. Like, all right, well, now you, what do you get to do with this? Do you get to take the screenshot of my reply down to the local bar and get a free beer? Like, well, how do you how do you, you turn this in for some you know, currency on earth, or, or do you just get a screenshot? And if you do, then have fun at the circus, man. I don't care. I'm just a guy, you know, and I, I'm just a guy the same as you. So, I don't know, I feel like this is almost therapy. I'm I, I'm trying to get to the why. Why don't, you, why don't you just ignore all these people? And I'm like, you have 72 followers. You probably don't have someone that you've never met telling you you suck. And if you did, my guess is you probably wouldn't just ignore all of them. It's just, it's it's the worst part of human nature. How do you deal with it?
1: I, uh, you know, what you said to start, uh, and I, again, I don't want to compare how I, uh, you know, what you deal with versus what I deal with, but I, you see enough. from the start, your eyes, your eyes get drawn to the negative. You're exactly right. Why do you
0: think that is why is that,
1: I, you know, it's a good question. One, I think you're more likely to get, I same with what we get, like more, the more than negative, it's more, mostly positive. Like I'm very, we have a lot of supporters, but, in general, people don't necessarily chime in when they agree. I mean, it's it's nature and to be like, for most of, you know, when I get in Twitter beefs, usually I'm responding to somebody with like, oh, that's wrong, or I disagree. So I do at least understand that. But yeah. I think, I don't know, we kind of all want to be the best we can possibly be. And Agreed. when I get, I get kind of sucked in by the non sequiturs with like, I've said this. Somebody replies with something that's not really even that relevant. I I want to explain like, well, no, that's like not what I meant. Like, that's not what I'm saying. You're you're jumping to a conclusion and I I get more afraid of, People misinterpreting things I say than yeah. I do like actual hate, you know. So I just I just start muting people. That's I don't I don't hit the block unless it really is deserved. But
0: yeah, the mute's the fun one too because then then the person's just flailing at a pinata and it's you don't you don't <laughs> and you don't and you don't know and then you, then you're not engaging and then they're just like then they're bummed out because that's you know that's, that's yeah. hasn't they, they don't get challenged. Do. All right, it's 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 a it's like I said it's it's kind of a fascinating thing to some days are worse than others, and, and, and some days it's just it's easier to shrug it off. But um, I just, I kind of, at some point, just I'm not here for the bullshit. You know what I mean? Like, you, you just, right. I mean, if you're not going to be civil, if you're just going to make stuff up and you want to be like, all right, um, I, I, I'm a mirror. You get what you get. I, 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 I'm i not ever a jerk first. Ever. Not never. <laughs> but, as I will remind people on occasion, I, I do I do talk for a living. So if you want to play this game, then, just be, be prepared for where this is going to go. Exactly.
1: Um, I promised myself I wasn't going to talk too much golf with you because I think there's so much to, to discuss. But I do want to talk about kind of your background in golf and how you ended up at the Golf Channel. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm sure you've got some some amazing golf stories and stuff. But I'm kind of, I want to talk more Sports Center stuff. But th- let's start with that. How did you get into golf and Golf Channel and uh, how that all started for you?
0: No, the Cliff Notes was I, I, I had an internship with a guy in, um, in D.C that ended up being part of the group that started the golf show, And I went down there when it started and was a PA behind the scenes, had never been on the air. Um, and I just stumbled into it, man. I got a bunch of idiotic breaks. They let me do some stuff. I met Tiger when he was a freshman at Stanford. Um, we struck up what has been a really cool professional Relationship that has been—it's it's, it's, it, for years. I always kind of framed it, and I talked around like he's a nice f- friend. You know, I've known him since 1995. You know, we've seen a lot of life. Uh, both of both of us have, have had success. Me strictly because I knew him, and he loves to tell people that, and it's true. My entire success is based on the fact that I knew him. It's why I got to ESPN. It's true. Jimmy Roberts left me. Yeah, ESPN. He's a guy, and I. Nobody had a better relationship in the business than me period the end that's why i got the job now i've been able to turn it into something different but i would never have been here if i didn't have that friendship and relationship with tiger that i that i have had for all these years and so like i didn't grow up in it i wasn't a country club dude i was a basketball or baseball player and golf was something i enjoyed but i never dreamt that that would be my entree into into this uh, business. And then, you know, I ended up getting a chance to, to, to go to ESPN and I've maintained a, a, a toe in the water in golf. Um, it was tough for us to lose the both opens. I mean, it was brutal because we loved covering the U S open and I thought we were great at it as a network. Um, and, and it was tough to lose the open. Cause I love that. I love that championship, but now we get the PGA back next year. So we'll be back, um, with at least two more rounds of golf. But, um, it's it's why I got into the business. It's how I got into the business, and I will always, always, always root for the Golf Channel um, and be a supporter of it because they gave me a, the 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 chance to start this thing. And I've got great friends there still, um, and I enjoy watching it. Like I love my friend Rich Lerner, and I, I think Live it's it, it, it turned into a fantastic must-watch show around the majors, especially. Um, but it was it's really. It, it was one of the most unlikely things that ever happened um, that, that I even got a chance, and it, that it happened the way it did. And, and again, if not for Tiger Woods, none of this happens. So it's insane to think how that one guy. I mean, he's the type that lifts all boats. Well, I'm, I'm one of the boats.
1: <laughs> well, you answered one of my questions, which is if you could point back to one big break you got, one thing that uh, your whole career wouldn't have happened if uh, if that didn't happen. I think you already answered that one. So
0: talking to Tiger after he won the last. I, I, I sat down with him at Bay Hill. They told me I had five minutes. 45 minutes later, we're still talking. And his people wanted to kill me. But I came back to um, the Golf Channel that day. I, I had gone to try to get like a segment. And I came back and like, "Did you have a segment? I'm like, we got a fucking show. I don't know if I'm allowed to cuss, by the way. I'm sorry, sometimes I
1: cuss. Absolutely, you can. Okay,
0: well, that's when I came back. I said, we got a effing show. And I sat down and put play on the tape, and the guys just – like our bosses were standing in the hallway looking into this room, and no one said a word. And they're just like, I couldn't believe it. Because he was so good in that, in that segment, in that, that segment, that just – that interview talking through the 97 Masters. And that, that, I think, put me on people's radar because it was who, – how, how, who, who could get that? Well, I got that. And I only got it – it wasn't cause I was because I was me, but he was in a mood to talk. And I was sort of the first guy to get a shot at it, and that—that's what happened. Like my relationship with Tiger in general, but that—that one moment in particular, I think, is what got people's attention.
1: Well, you just gave me the green light to keep you uh, 40 minutes past the uh, the end date that you said you had. (laughs) uh, That's your—if that's what gave you your big career break. But that's what happened.
0: I'm not Tiger Woods, man. I I don't have that. I I, I don't think I'm going to be life changing, man.
1: Well, all right. So if you're if you're going to claim to be this good of friends with Tiger, I got to hear some stories about like you guys were living in Orlando at the same time. Like did you guys hang much? I mean, were you kind of buddies outside of your professional
0: relationship? No. No, because I always um I always respected the fact that it was what it was. It was a business. Uh, relationship. And mm-hmm. th- there's times, I mean, I, I've had dinner with a guy. Um, we, I was in Vegas around the SPs one time when, when he got a bunch of awards and we hung out and, you know, but not to the degree that like we'd, he'd call me up and we'd go out and grab a bite or go play golf. It wasn't like that. Uh, I, I think that our relationship as over time, especially now that we're both older you know, you become dads. You have these. It's just fun to look back on the on the terrain that has been covered, you know, and and all that has happened. And I and I've been very honest and straightforward with him to to thank him to say, look, man, you you, you know what you did, and and the the seat I had for it had changed my life. And so he can bust my chops about launching my career, but I can also be sincere and say that it, it, it changed the entire trajectory in my life, which is, which is cool. So I just think that we were way more reflective now about it and how much time's passed. And then we were like, Hey, remember that time that, you know, we went to, you know, church street in Orlando. It wasn't like that. And I, I would never right. overstate that, you know, it's just, we spent a lot of time in the same places, and we were always, I think, comfortable in each other's company.
1: Well, when his life kind of went haywire, did uh-huh. you guys it, did you have interactions? Did you uh, did it kind of cut off at that point, or what was kind of your the like, your relationship like during that period?
0: I just tried to make it as clear as I could that you know I, that I was out here, you know, and if, if I can do anything, you know, um, particularly when it came, you know, when it, when it came to the issues of. Uh, if there's addiction, whatever else, I've had that in my family. I know what that is. I lost my father to that. My father's an alcoholic. And, you know, I'm just, I'm just very se- sensitive to it. And, and understanding very clearly that there are people that are far closer to him that are far more quick to help with those things. But I, I just think as a friend, what you can do is let people know you're there, you know? Um, and I mean, the thing where you can have a good personal but professional relationship where you I under, had to understand that just because we were friendly didn't mean I could have every interview I wanted, and he had to understand that if he screwed up, I couldn't protect it him. Right. In other words, if 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 if, if your life goes off the rails, that's a story I'll have to cover. And like you know that mugshot picture and having to do that on Center, like that's that's no fun. But I'm also right. I it's my job. And so there's there's that there's that picture, and you know that's all part of the story, and that's all part of what made Augusta this year. You know, the, Jim Nance called it the greatest event he's ever covered, um, and there's there's a lot to it, man. As we all know, uh, a lot of layers. But having that moment again after everything that happened was astounding, and it's why Augusta sounded the way it sounded that day.
1: Yeah, I think the uh you know if you want to sanitize the tiger story it it ruins it. it. That moment was so special because of everything that he had gone through. And I think like I feel like a little bit like the DUI and that mugshot has been kind of one of the things that's been the most swept under the rug, but if I have no idea if this is the case, but I feel like Tiger would tell you that's kind of maybe the moment that his his life maybe turned around at that point.
0: Yeah, I I mean I think I think that there are when people talk about rock bottom or this or that. I think that every person that, that goes through things or has a moment where they realize that they, they need to get help or they'll, they're on a path that will lead nowhere good. Um, I don't know that specifically. I mean, it's nothing that we've ever really talked about in depth, but um, it's all part of it. And I think it's what some, I, I've said this a lot in different sort of ways to say it, but when he's a 21-year-old that is hitting it over every bunker and shooting 100 under at the Masters, he's not relatable He's a forty-three-year-old guy with a fused back, a divorce, a um, a mugshot and a, a bald spot. He's a, like, who who among us? I mean, you live long enough, and you're going to screw up. You're going to have issues, and and you people can relate to mistakes and to, to all of us being flawed. And you know, if if they sold some version of him being this, you know, this pristine, uh, perfect human, well, he wasn't. And, and I I think selling the flawed guy with Actual scars and metaphorical scars is far more relatable, which is part of why I think people reacted the way they did that day.
1: All right, a quick break because it is PGA Championship time. No, yo, heard. yo, yo, Sully, Sully, are you doing an ad read right now? I was trying to do an ad read. Uh, I've never seen you get so excited talking to a microphone, dude. I just uh, I got to talk about how well I drove it in Ireland. It's all you've talked about for the last like two weeks. So let me just say a few things here. Our friends at Callaway continue to rack up the epic flash driver wins across the no, world. Dude, dude, dude! I, I could not care less about that stuff. I know you couldn't. I was like, I think I was in play for ten straight days in Ireland. I, it might have just been an out of body experience, but I'm sure the club had something to do with it as well. Uh, listen, I'm sure the people will love to hear that. What I'm trying to say is Callaway <laughs> is the number one driver in usage and wins on the major I've never tours. experienced anything like it. <laughs> I was driving it up a gnat's ass. I've Mol- never been able to use that term before. Molinari, Shoffley, and Kisner among the list of players who have already won with Epic Flash. CallawayGolf.com is where you can have... Uh, go- but they're already good golfers. What uh- I'm trying to tell you is I am not, and... It was awesome. This has been documented, but uh, well, I'm glad to hear that. Thank you for uh, for de- delivering that message onto the listeners. All right, you can do your ad reading. Right okay. okay, CallawayGolf.com right now. Get this driver in your bag. Let's go back to Scott Van Pelt. I'm going to do a bad interview technique here and ask kind of several questions at once, but I think they kind of all go together. And that as the longer you know, the longer you do this, has it become easier to relate to athletes, and is it easier? To ask them tough questions, has it gotten has it gotten easier over time? And are there any athletes that you've been kind of intimidated to interview over time?
0: Uh, I no, I'm, I'm not. I I'm mean, like I'm, nobody's intimidating. I mean, it gets less so certainly over time because now I'm older than them, you know. And you meet people that maybe they've they've watched you, so they think you know guys will say nice things. Well, man, this is an honor or whatever else. You're like, what are you even talking about? Like. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen the show? It's not, it's not an honor. I mean, it gets easier in the sense that people, even if you've never met them or not talking to someone who feels like a stranger to them, you know, you do it long enough, and there's, there's some—they have some idea of who it is they're talking to. And I think what I'm good at is making it a conversation. Um, I don't—I don't aspire to make it. That, like I, I'm a bad interviewer because I talk too much, but I'm a good interviewer because I make people comfortable, and I think comfortable people are far more likely to, um, to be themselves. Um, I, I, I marvel at a guy like Levitard, who just takes the construct of an interview and just punts, throws it entirely out the window, he'll lead with, with non-sequiturs about nothing. And th- they're so disarming that by the time it's over, the person he's talking, maybe his goal was to get to a question that's like five minutes in, but he's asking questions about nothing and, and to get to what he wants. And I've never even asked Levitard that specifically question, but I, I, as I listen to him talk to people and feeling like a show, where I'm supposed to talk about the Masters, and then it, we don't even get there for five minutes, but I realize it's all sort of the way he does it. Um, I admire that, because my goal is to, to try to make any conversation with people comfortable. Um, and when people are comfortable, I find that they're more willing to take on a question that isn't the one that they want to have to answer, but if they're in a place where they don't have their guard up, they're at least going to be does that
1: make sense oh without a doubt i think it's it's super easy to sit here to sit somewhere and just read questions to somebody but that you know that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get the best answer out of somebody having them feel comfortable and lead them kind of leading them somewhere to a level of trust Mm -hmm. is going to get you you know such a better back and forth i always say and it's it's hard to do but you got to listen
0: that's bang that's the, the thing interviewers do a lot do many things poorly many don't ask questions they just make statements um, it drives you nuts if you listen to an interview and you'll hear someone say, man, you really went crazy in the third quarter. <laughs> Talk about it. Talk about the third quarter. Oh, okay. How about ask me what happened in the third quarter? Same thing. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, That, that my, my question is some brilliant thing, but at least I'm asking you to tell me something as opposed to just making a statement. But you said the most important thing that interviewers don't do, and that's listen. Because if you ask me something and I said, well, you know, there was." There was that one time the tiger and I went out and I was supposed to buy heroin from this guy and it got sidetracked because <laughs> we went to shoot dice in Kissimmee and Kissimmee. Like, and then you're like, okay, cool. And then tell me about sports. And I'm like, did you miss the part where I said that I that there was a heroin transaction in a dice game? Like people don't li- – by the way, none of that. There was no heroin and no dice. But Breaking
1: if, news. It's too late for that. <laughs> I, I could chop this up and edit it however yeah, I want. That's a
0: good, that's a good point. But, if, but my point is if you're not listening to the person you're talking to, they might open a door to you that you never dreamt that even existed. You got to be, now we got to, we got to go through that door, right? Because now, now all of a sudden you're taking me someplace that I didn't know you'd allow me to go, or I didn't know, uh, was even a possibility. So, um, I don't know. I, I, I talk way too much, but I know that I talk to people in a way that is, it is disarming enough. Cause it's just, we're just talking and I'm, there's no gotcha coming. I'm not, it's not my thing. Like, I'm not going to ask you to come sit down in the living room and, and not, you know, what's, that, what's the line on that on that? What's the guy's name? Hanson? Like, could you come sit down in the
1: Chris Hanson. You
0: know, have a seat. That guy. To yeah. catch a, like, it's, I'm not to catch a predator. <laughs> I just want to talk about sports. And most of the time that people come on, it's in times when stuff that's good that's happened. It's rare that it's a, a situation where you're going to have to cover a whole lot of real bumpy ground.
1: Okay, so I want to ask you something about uh, SportsCenter, and specifically, kind of how the show has changed from like when you got there to what you do now. Uh-huh. First of all, I, I think when I I think I read uh, Olbermann's book, the the Big Show back in the day, and was just kind of first thing I was shocked to learn they're like, holy crap! Like the on air personalities write the show. I just assumed you somebody's back there typing up everything for you. So, can you talk about what the show was like when you got there, how that's uh-huh. changed, and
0: how that's changed over the years? It's, it's, it's a total 180 because in the days of Overman and Patrick, um, when the show really elevated to a, to a different place, and 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 there are many who deserve credit for that. But I think we know who who they all are. I just think that he obviously had a had a connection in the dynamic made it different, and that was in an era that predates the internet and and, and the bottom line even, um, certainly Twitter. So you're doing a you're doing a what would happen tonight in the game, you know, between the Warriors and the Rockets? Well, maybe that's a bad example because that's a game that's, that's on national TV and everyone's watching. But, hey, the Red Sox hosted the Rockies. What happened tonight with Chris Dale? When I come on at midnight, everyone knows that the Chris Dale had 17 strikeouts and the Boston had 24 strikeouts in the game and they still lost because they bullpen blew it. I can't do a mystery reveal. So, it's changed in the way that now it's about the presentation and, and hopefully people you, you create with your audience a relationship where they're interested in how you're going to tell a story that maybe they already know how, what what do you have to say about it? Is there a, um, you know, is there an angle? Uh, Is there a thought? Uh, Is there a video treatment, whatever that you do that's different? And also, what's the biggest change and I'm I'm obviously exhibit a is they went to more personality driven uh, content because it's more about the, the the role of the anchor is more important now than ever. Um, not that Dan, like Dan and Keith were as good as has ever been, obviously. But now, you know, the idea that it's, what's your opinion? Like for years, you weren't supposed to have an opinion at all. And now it's no, no, this is about your opinion. What, like me talking last night about why I can't stand tanking, why I don't feel bad for Knicks fans that didn't get Zion because I don't. Um, you you won two games out of thirty three, and people in New York are paying full freight for that, and so I'm glad you didn't get rewarded because um, I don't want that to continue. Well, that's something that you, w- in ten years ago would have been, you know, your your coordinating producer would be like, "What do you what is this?" Now it's like, "Hey, well, w- 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 what do you think about it?" And you have to get used to that difference because it's, it's a big difference. And I can't even go back, not that far, to when it was me and Russillo on radio. And I felt like on radio, obviously, it's demand your opinion. And then I'd put on my TV hat at night or TV tie, if you like, and it was a different kind of a feel. I'd have to kind of straddle that line, right? Well, now it's different. The line's gone. So it's a completely different thing than the old days. And what's funny Is people remember and romanticize the past? Like if you see an old sports center, you'd be amazed at like full screens that say Twins three, Indians two, that are like thirty five seconds where they're telling you who had two RBIs. Like it feels (laughs) what it like what it is. It's a dated version of what now you'd never do. Like we do golf highlights, we don't do full leaderboards other than like for the majors. For Max's win, like are you showing? Are you showing like a full page and like another page? It's good. Never. That's just not the way the shows are done now. So it's it's incredible how different they are in in a really short window of
1: time. Yeah, that, that's so challenging to compete with the internet now. Back when you know SportsCenter was how you found out who won. Correct. You know, it's now it's like, well, crap. Everyone knows who won.
0: How do I have a unique slant exactly. on this? Exactly. Exactly. And and that's 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 an unwinnable fight. So you can't try to beat that. You just have to try to figure out how to create an aesthetic and a relationship with an audience where even though it's maybe not a mystery, they just want to hang out with you. And I think that's what me and Stanford studio and our whole group are about is that sort of it's loosey goosey. It's, it's doesn't, it's still sports center, but it's obviously, you know, a, a bit, a, a much more relaxed version of it. Has
1: it gotten any easier to be in the chair as far as like, re, you know, reacting to things that are happening? Cause I remember, I think it was in that book I remember reading uh, something I never, ever, ever thought of. And when you're in the middle of doing a highlights package, let's say there's like an interview clip from a player or something that needs to be dropped in at a certain second point. From my understanding is that back in the day, at least it was all right at 30, 38 seconds into this highlight, this is going to play regardless of whether or not I'm done talking or when I get there. So you had to time out like the first 37 seconds to reach that interview clip. Is that kind of still the way things work? And am I on to
0: something with that? No, it's it's still the same. I mean, the, the technical term in, a, in TV is vo-sock, meaning voiceover, and then sound like tape. So, at like a highlight, they'll say, "Hey, look, there's sound eight seconds in." So I'll have five seconds to say, "Blah blah 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 blah," and here's what uh, Steve Kerr had to say about their defense going into tonight's game. Well, that's you're you're right. That sounds coming. I I, I don't like, I don't like when it's set up that way because it doesn't give you any room to breathe before you get to the sound. So I, I would always ask when when we're producing those, if we're gonna do sound, let's wait. Let's either do it right off the top or do a thirty second stand. But yes, that's that's still how things are done. But I mean that's for anybody that's anchoring um or any any show anywhere, like I mean, like that's that's fairly standard stuff. Like that's not gonna that shouldn't trip you up.
1: Well, I just think about how often, how many takes it takes me to get an ad read done or, at least, or an introduction to a podcast. And I'm like, yeah. dude, if, if you'd have told me, like, yeah, 32 seconds into you saying this, you have to drop it a clip. I'm like, that's what, that's what I think people maybe don't recognize or realize. We do, like, this little live show um, on Twitter on Periscope after majors, and it's the lowest of low-budget productions. You wouldn't believe it. And, like, I, like, sit there and sweat thinking about all of the moving parts that we have on this show. So that's why I was... I think people maybe don't understand kind of what it's like to be in that chair and what you have going on in your ear. Like, what do you ever get distracted about? Like, what producers are telling you in your ear? Are they talking while you're talking? How does
0: that work? That's the hard part to even describe to people because, look, I mean, what you're saying is it's true. I'm not trying to act like what we're doing is, is, uh, you know, as the old cliches go. I mean, it's not. It's not. People always say it's not rocket science, it's not brain surgery. So somewhere along the line, it became like the joke was it's not rocket surgery. Um, it's, and it isn't, it's just TV, like the, the, the producers in your ear telling you that Steve Kerr sitting down and you're talking to Tim Legler, so you're trying to listen to Tim Legler and navigate and get to that thing. And yeah, it, it's, I mean, it's challenging. I, I guess just over time, like anything, you just become more comfortable with what that process is. Um, because you don't really have an option. Like you, you, you I don't know, you're just you you're just trying to make the duck swimming above water illusion go, right? Like if you're, you're paddle like hell underneath, but you're just trying to not let the, the viewer in on what's happening.
1: That's what I think that, you know, when you know a user that doesn't work in media or sports, you know, is taking in what you're saying and listening, all they're thinking about is what you're saying and they don't realize that you have all these other distractions going on and whatnot, and people will give us that feedback. You know, you should have said this on the pod. It's like, oh, you're right. I probably should have said that. But, man, like, I, there's a million things kind of going on at once. You can't sit there and uh, and and think of everything like right on the spot. I want to know, too, I mean, kind of with all you've got going on like in your life, I imagine you, you've got kids now, you're married. Like how is your – sports fandom changed over the years and how do you how do you keep up with all the sports you have to keep up with you know to be able to talk about the wide range of stuff that you do
0: talk about that's that's certainly challenging um, because I, I mean as you can hear I, I get I'm the guy that got married late I got I got little kids and um, and the cool thing is during the day like I'm around um, and you know before you and I started to talking today I went on an adventure uh, with my with my my three year old and we were off the library and going to get sweet frog and whatever else and I mean it's cool that you're able to be present during the day um, but it's also during the day when I'm able to kind of do some reading find out you know what is what do they say about that page what are they talking about the layout you know blah 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 and that's um, that's that's a tough juggling act but I mean I've got late nights when I come home from work to make sure um, I'm reading and I'm, Im- immersed in things. We have got a great show staff that's paying attention, but I'm, I'm I'm fortunate in the fact that I'm legitimately a sports fan. Like it's not a labor for me; it's not a chore to be keeping up. You just have to be good at. You got to be good at, at, at juggling the what's important part, you know. Okay. obviously, from yeah. your family, the most important part. So there's there's times that something might might suffer. It just means I have to stay up a little later to read something. but that's fine. just you can figure it out.
1: We haven't talked a ton about you calling golf specifically, but I was wondering if you, if you, if you have like an overall ethos or philosophy uh, personal to yourself when calling golf, and how you would compare your style to some of your
0: peers. You know, the funny thing about golf is that that, 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 that the, the most important thing that, that everybody will tell you, you know, Tommy Roy at NBC, uh, Lance, it, it, you know, Mike McQuaid with us, in and Louis talks. Like everybody's got some version of the same thing, which is layout, which is good, which for the, for the people that are not TV people, That just mean stop talking. The minute that you hear the club rattle and a caddy and a player are talking about a yardage, your producers just want you to lay out so we can hear the conversation. Um, I get that. Less is absolutely more. You don't want to fill the, um, you don't want to fill the space with noise. And I, I I haven't done a very much of it, frankly, at all. I mean, it, it's really been a small part of what I've done. I've loved it. Um, Steve Sands is one of my good buddies, and I joke with him constantly. I keep if I hear his voice, I just text him, stealing money, because that's what calling off is. You're stealing money, you know. <laughs> like look at look at the Like um, look, like I'm trying to think of who who's a great example. Um, on um. Uh, How how am I forgetting? Uh, Doc Emmerich. Like, Doc Emmerich, in in one period of uh, Stanley Cup playoff hockey, will say more words than Jim Nance will say calling the Masters. I mean, it's just, you never stop talking. Whereas golf is just such a relaxed calmness to it. Um, I think the most important thing to do is to have anecdotes and stories, and that's where the relationships are so important. Uh, Wander the range. Somebody tells you something. You walk practice around. You pick something up just filing those things away just to, 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 sprinkle them in throughout. Um, and, and it, it's a weird one cause you, you want to, sh- to let the viewer know that you've done your homework, right? Like when I would, when we called golf, I'd walk every hole. I'd walk the greens with Andy. I'd have him explain things to me cause I'm not the player, but I want to understand what the player wants to do. So I would, I would, I would know if I had four holes, I would know them, backwards and forwards because I wanted to be able to explain something from what I, I had been explained to me right and then I'd find I'd probably use five percent of it but I'd still rather have it and not need it than need it and not have it so I, I loved doing it calling golf's awesome it's just you just the, the less you do the better it is, is is the way I think most people view it
1: well one of my favorite stories I mean I think it's it's difficult to Golf fans are fickle in nature, and you know when they have like a, a, a personality that comes into it that doesn't just do golf. I think it can be met with some resistance. And no doubt, one of the stories I love telling is I have never met Joe Buck in person, but he came on the podcast before the U.S. Open last year, and you know we hung up and he we just talked about the strategy of calling golf off air for a, a while. And I swear to God, to you I mean this this was so impressive to me. I think Buck is one of the misunderstood guys in the industry, and he's actually really talented. But people just decided a long time ago that he wasn't good. But he texted me. He's literally on the air and texted me asking if he was laying out enough. And I just thought that was like, like, okay, this guy is like working so hard to understand golf fans. Like he's trying to be so good at this. And he'd never, we never even met. And he's like asking my input on how he's doing on the air. I just that that one always stuck out to me as like someone that something that really impressed me
0: he's brilliant and he's great. And you're right. People just decided they didn't like him at some point And then so it's stuck, which is dumb because he's as good as anybody. And he gets the best gigs because he's the, as good as anybody. The the thing that, that like I had, because I came up through the golf channel is golf fans are really, really prickly about who they'll decide they like. And I had enough built up equity because that's where I started that they, they didn't just push back at, at the new guy. You know what I mean? And I also like to think that I have enough understanding of the sport and I've covered it enough that, I mean, I've been to a few majors. I mean, like I've I've been there. I I get it. I know what it is. Um, And it is, it is hard because it's the kind of thing like I, I, I'm always real concerned about like NASCAR. I, when we were really big into it, I don't cover it. I don't follow it. I don't know it. And I was always afraid to use the wrong terminology. Like if somebody in golf is going to say like, you know, he's, he's shooting for a par here or something like you hear certain phrasing and you're like, Oh, you don't know what you're talking about. And then you're, Done, like you're done, man. So he hit a hole in one. Yeah, he hit a hole in one. That's another one. Yeah, you're like, ooh, ooh, you're, you aren't the one, are you? Uh, it's two fifty two. Do you need to go? I got a couple more minutes. I mean, you got I, I gotta, I, I gotta, I gotta go. Well, I mean, we haven't talked any Beth Page. I wanted to. Talk, are we gonna talk Beth Page? No Beth
1: Page? I, I'm happy to. I try to make things as evergreen as possible. But what, what do you got? What's burning on your mind for Beth Page
0: here? Well, I just I just I haven't been there in a while. Um, and I, I just it's such a monstrous ballpark and I just think I was texting with a player yesterday. Um and I said like how big are we talking? He said right now I they it playing like 8,000. He said when it's 50 in the Fairways plug, it's like 9. But <laughs> everybody loves it cuz it's pure. I just I just think it'll be, you know, one of the it's got to be a big boy this week. I said, hey, I, don't, I don't know how you can win if you can't absolutely destroy it off the tee here.
1: Yeah, I I feel like whenever this happens, whenever we get to a long golf course and it gets soft, that we say, oh, man, this is just going to be brutal. It's going to be brutal. And no matter what, when it's soft, these guys will take it apart. Like, I I think scores will be low. I'm not even – I don't think it's – honestly, it's amazing how far and straight these guys hit it. And if they can land it near the hole and keep it there, there's going to be low scores.
0: I guess, but I mean, it's you better be long and straight because it's gonna be like hitting it out of peanut butter if you're in the rough. I mean, it's, look, I live here. It's been raining for a month. Uh, the sun's yeah. out today, but this is this is just a but a, a horrible trick is what this is. This is somebody playing a joke on us. So um, I, I just I just I'm just excited about the location. I like it. I think it'll be you know it'll it's fun to have them lined up in the Open Championship. You know. Bring it at home seems appropriate. I've always loved that event. So um,
1: Yeah, do you have a this might be too easy of a question? What's your what was your favorite open championship venue to visit? I don't know if we need to make a non St Andrews division.
0: Nah, I mean St Andrews is, 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 is there's nothing else like it, you know. The old green tune as they call it. I mean, it's just there's nothing like that place, man. It's it's i l I'll always love because it was the first one I went to. Nearfield was great, um as a, I love that venue. Uh, But, I mean, you know, St. Andrews is just – it's a standalone. Um, And I love that. I love that. I always say that, to me, that's the greatest uh, championship in golf. (laughs) Excuse me, golf, he said. And I always say the reason, like, people kind of roll your eyes. Like, I get Augusta is my favorite place to go, but, look, they've played for that longer than anyone. They invented the game there. And they'll set up the course, and if somebody shoots 20 under, and then you're the champion golfer, cool. And if you're six over, fine. We don't care. You know, I just – it's it's the purest sort of uh, major championship there is. Uh, and I get that not everybody loves it, but the people that push back are always always interesting. Like, have you ever been? No. Oh. <laughs> yeah, okay. But I'm telling you this restaurant's really, really good. You're never you've never eaten there, but you're gonna tell me the food's done. I I got it. Okay. That's a fun <laughs> that's a fun game to play. That's a fun one. I I, I bet hey, let me I'll give I'll give you a bad page story on the way out. It's my favorite it's my favorite Tiger story. 2002, right? That was the year they played there in the US Open. Mm-hmm. Do I have that right? Yep. We did we three. Two. Oh, two and oh, nine. He
1: wins,
0: the Masters that, he wins the Masters that year. He comes in, sits down for the uh, uh, Sunday conversation. I said, How are you doing? He goes, I'm so bleeping and hungry. He said, I wish I had a pizza. I said, If you win the US Open, I'll get you a pizza. So, what do you want on it? I uh, said, Sausage and Pepperoni. Run, you know, okay, fine. File that away. Well, he's going to win the US Open at that thing. So, we order a pizza. Uh, local spot, we'd like, get like a police escort to get it brought in when it's clear he's going to win, and we've got a sausage and pepperoni pizza. When he comes up to sit down for the conversation, he walks in, looks at the chair, and he goes, what's that? I said, you told me at the Masters if you won, you wanted a sausage and pepperoni pizza. And he looks at Stein and he says, can we eat that? And Stein said, you just won the US Open, you can do whatever you want. So we shut the door, and we sit there and proceed to eat sausage and pepperoni pizza for I don't know how long. We're talking about the Lakers not doing the interview. It takes forever. And the guy from the USGA, I want to see his name, was Craig Smith? I'm pretty sure I'm getting it right. He, he Remember I told you before when the, the the Tigers agents wanted to kill me when I did the sit down at uh, the golf channel? Yeah. The USGA guy I really did think was going to put his hands on me and maybe murder me. because. All of the press is waiting to talk to Tiger Woods, and he's sitting in this room in, a, in the back of a clubhouse at Bethpage, eating pizza with the idiot from ESPN. <laughs> that is classic. <laughs> it was. It was the and it, you know what's funny is one of the one of the shooters when he was done, he's like. How much do you think we can get for those un- those crusts on eBay? I'm like, we're not oh selling God. tigers' uneaten crusts on e- on the internet for the love of God.
1: You're like, I'm taking these home and framing them myself. They're going in they're going to. Yeah, exactly. Dad. I
0: put them, they, I was going to say they're, they're they're currently in a ziploc bag in a, uh, in a safety deposit box here in uh, here in Connecticut. we no, put. I, uh, I like Beth Page. I think it'll be an awesome. I think it'll be an awesome week. Uh, the fans are great. And uh, do you like the do you like the new one, though? you like the, the, the new like set schedule up?
1: I do. I mean, for us, selfishly, it's great. It kind of opens up the whole back half of the year. And I just I think August is, you know, it's always it's all it's hot anywhere you go. It's humid. There's thunderstorms. And I think it, it just kind of helps condense things and help gets PGA Tour done before before football starts. And you know, that season really drags at the end. So I, I, okay. I like it. I think it's great. Um, it's a little risky going to some of these northeast locations in this time of year. But I hope the weather cooperates because. I do think it's a good spot on the calendar. Um, I'm going to let you out on one final question, if that works. Please. I think a lot of people look at your job, and I know before I worked in sports, I looked at a lot of ESPN personalities and thought it was the dream job. Uh, What what advice or kind of insight do you have for people that might want to work in sports in some capacity or chase some kind of dream in any way?
0: Chase it. Chase it. Um, Don't think twice. Just It's a short trip you get, man, and you you have to pursue the things that matter to you. And if it's something you think you want to do, then chase it. But understand what that what chasing it means. If you're going to half ass chase, you're not catching anything. Um, weekends might not be weekends. Um, holidays might not be holidays. You know, I, I like you could say. I mean, I don't know where I am on the food chain or what you how you view what, what I get to do, but I don't know. I don't know that there are that many gigs that I take over mine in our whole business. Um, I got a pretty good gig. I had to come home on Christmas Eve to tuck my kids in and go back to work uh, to do Monday night football on Christmas Eve because that's my job is to do Sports center after, after the Monday night game, which happened to be Christmas Eve. Last year it was Christmas night. And so I've quote-unquote made it. And I'm still, you know, on Christmas Eve, Christmas day, uh, saying goodbye to my family would I'd rather not. And I get home at 1 30 in the morning and you know, I'm working on some weekends whatever else. And I've, I've made it. All right. Like I got a great gig, but weekends, holidays, whatever that might not be weekends and holidays. So understand that the dream is worth pursuing, but understand that, that, nothing worth achieving is going to come easy and then once you get it like i once you get there and once you're in it doesn't mean that now you get to do whatever you want whenever you want Uh, i'd say i work harder at it now than maybe i ever have and um that's because i want to maintain what what this little spot in the world that i've got so just understand what it is you're signing up for and don't sign up unless you're prepared to, to give every bit of yourself in the pursuit of it because the person that's that's trying to get what you're trying to get is, and maybe some of this is cliche, but I'm just telling you, uh, as someone who's in it, that that's that's what's required. It's required. It's not an it's not an elective. It is required to succeed.
1: That's well said. That's kind of exactly what I was going for there. So. All right. Well, uh, I didn't go the full forty minutes over like you did with Tiger, but I do got to let you go. And uh, th- <laughs> thanks for uh, thanks for joining us. I'll have to. I'm keeping a file open for all the other questions I got for you. We will have to have you back
0: sometime. But uh, listen, uh, let me just say that this isn't a one off. Like I, I, I'm happy here. to do this. You guys are really really good. I enjoy what you do, and um, I am happy to come on anytime. I mean, I, you want like. Major talk, fine. Right, whatever, whenever. This is you're helping me. I, that's why I think I keep carrying it back to Beth Page. I'm looking for a golf fix here, and you guys are are in that space. So you, you got my number. You know where I'm at. Uh, you want to talk? I'm out here.
1: Appreciate it, Scott. Thanks, and uh, take care and enjoy Beth Page. I right do continue
0: success. Cheers. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yes. I yes. mean hey, that's. Better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most! Expect anything.